welcome welcome everybody just welcome as we enjoy our service here this morning and as we worship together may we really encounter God in a powerful and in an, in an awesome way today may today just be a very special day for each one of us we really just want to welcome one and all here today Sarah welcome good to see you blessed to see you just welcome and and that's so good just to just to see you worshiping and, and, and focusing on the Lord and I'm sure your studies has, has been challenging at times but the Lord has Lord has been uh, just seeing you through everything Lord bless you bless you just a blessing to have you always have our young people just coming home and just coming back to worship you know that's a that's a wonderful thing uh, of each one of our young people uh, we want to is there anybody that we need to welcome uh, Cornelia she has been here before but we want to also just say welcome again to Cornelia uh, uh, if there's anybody else we just want to say welcome to you but uh, this morning uh, before we do anything else before I preach uh, I was just going to ask John to come up. Where is John? Pardon? Oh, there he is. He just wanted to share something quick. Thank you, John. We're going to just give you an opportunity to... Yeah, you can say something. Goedemorgen, allemaal. Um, we hebben hier om een Afrikaans praat die, die laatste twee weken het ik niet weer eens besef hoe belangrijk is gebed. En wat is gebed? Gebed is communicatie tussen ons en, en God, die Jezus Christus. Dus wat soos was staan in, in die Bijbel. Um, het was opgeraaid, die vanavond ons oorgeslap op gariep en ons het gebed uh, voor die tijd soos wat ons elke dag doen bij die huis in paar keer, tenminste twee keer het van een groot trokken voor ons gekomen van vooraf en dat ik maar net rustig in kan toegegaan en voorbij gegaan, maar ons was ons het gezien en die Heer het vir ons wees uitgegeemd maar met die hele story rondom die bevalling was daar twee met die klein kind en so aan, was daar twee vals uh, alarms geweest en ons gedink die kind gaan nog geboren word en het doet daar ook met besef hoe belangrijk is gebed uh, kan je voor mensen oproepen vrouw bid voor ons is altijd nodig om te zeggen als je morgen onthoud van John en, en jere blij iets je sê onthoud van John John dan weet je met voor John bid en mensen oral oor, oor even in tot in India het voor ons gebed en waarvoor is ons dankbaar en jere het gebed voor oor die kind is geboren en alles de toen terugkom je zo in Port Elizabeth en ik ga zien een cliënt een uh, vrouw, toe sê sê vir my Johnny, die rede, hoe kom ek nou die fiets verkoop, my man, wil my skye uit die jonger vrou gevat in die kantoor. Tien jaar jonger vrou. Toe ook die fiets vast, toe sê ek vrouw, so zaan, kan ek vir jou bid. Toe sê so dankbaar. So wat ek, jou, wat ek eindig wil sê is, ons moet Jesus wees in die wereld daar buiten kan. Op die oomlik, as jy ervaar, bid vir iemand, moet het die dat voorbij gaan nie. Die vrou, die baie dag, miskien het meer belangrike geacht, as hy geld of die deal wat ons gedoen het op die dag. En uh, 
ek het net vaak gesê, ons klaar bid, ek sê, ek wil eindelijk vir jou drukkie gee, maar ek weet ek moet nie, so is ons is weg, en sy is dankbaar, en ek is dankbaar dat ek het gedoen het, en die heren kom, en hy vir mense vertrouw vir dit, en so aan, so, so is my een sister op George ook, die selfde story, hulle het gaan gym, en goed is, hy het goed is raak gesien, en eeuwiskielik stel die belang in ander vrou, en hulle gaan sky, so ons, as kerk en as christene, moet weet, al buitenkant is mense wat stikken is, gebed is, is die antwoord. En ons dankie vir elke ou wat oor die tyd en vrou wat gebid is rondom die babiekie wat, toe amper, sal ek sê, drie dagen later gebore is, en so aan. Maar ons dankie vader vir dit. Amen. Ok. Thank you, John. We so want to welcome the grandparents hey, of JJ. Hey? We want to welcome, we, we not welcome them, but just uh, speak God's blessing over your lives. And uh, may this bundle of joy really be, you know, just uh, an expression of God's greatness. Uh, yes, but also where we just appreciate the Lord more and more for his faithfulness. We also in prayer all the time for, for JC and for... Uh, Kim, let the Lord just be with them as they, as they journey with this young bundle at this time uh, together. May the Lord bless you as parents and grandparents and may the Lord really encourage you at this time. Uh, let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness toward us. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that you're always with us and you go before us. You go ahead of us. You bless us, Lord, and you make a way where there seemed to be no way. And this morning, Lord, as we draw near to you again today, Lord, as we come before you, we appreciate, first of all, your presence here with us. We appreciate the fact, Lord Jesus, that we could gather in this way to worship you. And, Lord, I pray that each one of us once again will realize, Lord, how vital and how important it is to have an intimate relationship with you. Because, Lord, when we have an intimate relationship with you, regardless of what is going on around us, we will remain focused. We will remain steady and strong in you. And, Lord, I pray that you will carry us today, that you will bless us today. Bless our service, Lord, as we continue now. And I pray for your word that as it comes, that you will reach out to us and touch us in a very powerful way today. Father, for those who are not well among us, we pray that you will reach out to them and that your hand of healing, your healing virtues will flow through their entire beings and touch them right where they need to be touched. And we honor you, Lord, for the privilege of just coming together in this way and to worship you. And we pray that now as your word will come, that you will minister to us, Lord, and challenge us and get us to where we need to be with you in our relationship. Bless us now, Lord, and continue with us further. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So have some holy water. We're starting our new series here this morning eh? on First Peter. First Peter is a book of hope. First Peter speaks about champions, champions of hope, champions 
that endure, champions that will face obstacles and champions that will make a difference wherever they go. And when we look at these people here, they were, you know, they were, in, they were placed in regions. They were scattered into regions. But despite the fact that they were scattered into regions, they still made an impact wherever they found themselves. And I wonder sometimes when, 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 when I look at our lives and where we have been placed, I wonder sometimes, are we really effective right there? And you, go, you know the answer as in terms of your life and your walk with the Lord this morning. But are we really effective there? And that is why this morning the title of the message is Embracing Our Identity as Champions. We are champions, brothers and sisters. We're not losers. You're a champion. Do you realize that you're a champion? And we need to, we need to embark on this journey in Christ with the knowledge that we are champions of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's read together here in 1 Peter chapter 1. We're just going to read the first two verses, and that is what we're going to focus on here this morning. I wish I could tell you that the sermon is going to be as short as these, as these few verses that we're going to read, but I cannot promise you that. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read from verses 1 to uh, just the first two verses there. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, or rather God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling by his precious blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. So far may God bless the reading of his word. Now there's a lot of theology in those few verses there. And uh, we're going to look at it and we're going, to, we're going to discover what Peter really meant. Can you believe it? A disciple, a fisherman. Okay was part of a family who had a fishing business. How do you like that, eh? <laughs> and, uh, um, and yet, he comes here and he, uh, he speaks deep theology here this morning. Peter is writing to Christians who are under duress, or even under, the better word would be under pressure. Do you under duress or pressure? You may have come here this morning feeling under duress, under pressure in your Christian life. You may be facing a family problem or a job problem. There may be something that you are dealing with in your own heart that is discouraging to you. In fact, these Christians here, as we think about it, were going through some tough times and tough challenges. And they were... They were facing the persecution that flowed out of the Emperor Nero's malicious acts in Rome. We know what Nero did, how cruel he was. There will be repercussions for these Christians in Asia Minor because of Nero. Many of them will be persecuted and exiled. They will lose their jobs. They will be separated from family. Some of them will be martyred and Peter is preparing them for this as he speaks to them. If you are here today 
you are probably not under the kind of pressure or duress that they were under. But if you are under any kind of duress or pressure and you feel discouraged and hopeless, then Peter's words are especially appropriate for you today. He wants to encourage Christians and help them know how to go on in these kinds of situations. Peter does not tell the Christians how to escape suffering here and persecution, but rather how to endure it. Peter is more concerned with how they cope with the suffering than how they bypass it. Sometimes you want to bypass it. Isn't it true? Peter intended to encourage and show them how believers can live out their faith in spite of their hostile environment. We too live in a hostile environment. Isn't it true? And in this hostile environment, we've still got to be strong. We've still got to remain focused. We've still got to stand firm in the faith. But when we think of spiritual champions here this morning, the first point I want to make is we embrace our identity as champions in Christ. Spiritual champions stand out from the crowd. This is one speaks about all those places, those regions, that they stand out from the crowd. Peter addressed his letter to a group of regions north of and at the east end of the Mediterranean. You heard all those names there. He addressed it to those residing there as exiles. They were exiles. Now, in fact, they probably may even have been there all their lives. But they were now followers of Jesus Christ and therefore no longer of this present world, but another spiritual kingdom. And that's why they were exiles. They were another spiritual kingdom. More than that, they were scattered exiles because the gospel had gone out to certain areas and there were numerous Christians throughout the regions because of them making a difference. Are you still with me? <laughs> uh, numerous Christians because of them making, um, uh, making a difference. Christians throughout the regions stood firm and they, they set the tone there. Exiles have been forced. If you think of an exile today, exiles have been forced out of their homeland. Isn't it true? Against their own will due to some outside force like war or disaster. We know about what, what exiles are like. The idea is that that of a person visiting a place for a while. It's an exile. But not being a permanent resident. As Christians, we are not permanent citizens of our nation, although we are citizens here. But we are permanent citizens of heaven. According to Ephesians 3 verse 20, we have been chosen as permanent citizens of heaven. We are only visiting this planet. Are you with me now? We're only visiting this planet. <laughs> we are just passing through. Did you hear that? We are just passing through. 
Nothing else more than that. We're just passing through. We were not made for this world, but we were made for heaven. We must remember that. However, we must also understand that because our time on earth is short, whether it's more than a hundred years here we are, on, we are here on earth, our time on earth is short. We must make the most of our time here on earth. God has not sent us here permanently, but he sent us here for a reason. In fact, also for a se season, if you could look at it in that way. As long as we are here, we must be about our Father's business. Are you about your Father's business this morning? We must be about our Father's business. We've got to make a difference as those believers made who were scattered in all those regions. And now the question that we need to answer here this morning is, are you authentic or are you synthetic? What are you this morning? Are you authentic? Are you real? Is your walk with the Lord real? Is your relationship with the Lord real? Are you authentic? Can people see the reality of Jesus Christ in your life? Or are you synthetic? When I think of a synthetic believer, instead of being God's distinctive people, they want to be like everyone else. Instead of being set apart, they want to be in with the crowd. Instead of being unique, they want to be universal. Like everybody else. Is that what you want to be? Universal, right? Not unique, but universal. Instead of being different, they just want to blend in. Is that where you find yourself this morning? I want to say this to you. You are not to fit in, but to stand out. You stand out. You are not to fit in. But you are to stand out as a child of the Lord. Following the Lord means standing out for Him. Influencing others for Him. Not fitting in and blending in, but making a difference right where we find ourselves. When we think of that word, let's get back to that word. We are just passing through. <laughs> We're just passing through, brothers and sisters. This morning, some are passing through a crisis. Are you passing through a crisis? Are you facing a crisis this morning? Remember this. God never leaves us in the crisis. You may be in a crisis, but he will not leave you right there in that crisis. The best thing we can do when we are in it is to overcome it and to outlive it. Many people are not able to overcome a crisis, a, a trial. They are not able to outlive it. But in Christ, we as believers are more than conquerors. We are able to overcome it because of him. We are able to outlive it. Are you outliving it? Have you overcome whatever you are dealing with and facing right now? My pain and my circumstances, you need to say, they are going to pass. It's happened, yes, but they are going to pass. And the Lord will get me through this. I'm not getting myself through this. I cannot. 
I don't know all the answers. But I know that the Lord will be able to get me through this crisis, this challenge that I'm facing. The way we go out, though, when I think of a crisis or any situation, the way we go out of the old situation determines the way we go into the next one. Remember this. It determines the way we go into the next one. If we leave our old situation with a wounded spirit, if we leave our old situation with bitterness, if we leave our old, old situation with hostility, if we leave our old situation with resentment, with unforgiveness, with a defeatist attitude, with depression, with unbelief, with pride and with doubt, then we will transfer those as negative seeds into the next situation. What seeds have you sown into the next situation because of the way you have dealt with your present or your past challenges? What have you transferred there this morning? We will produce the same fruit that we left behind you left behind godly fruit, you will produce it in the, with, when you face the next challenge. This will lead to a repetition of, all, of the old crisis, of the old way of doing things, isn't it? of the old way of trying to cope on my own. And you know what happens? I just circle and circle the same situation over and over, circling it and feeling the same way, living defeated. And I don't want to circle living a defeated life all constantly. Do you want to? I don't want to circle living in unforgiveness constantly. I don't want to circle living with resentment. Are you, is that what your life is like? I'm circling around this. I'm circling around it. I haven't conquered it in my life. Just a repetition. One circle after another. What about others? We're talking about passing through. Brothers and sisters, we're just passing through this life. That's why we've got to make the best of it while we are here on planet Earth. Others are passing through rejection. When people put you in a box, hey, people put us in a box, isn't that true? No matter how you have grown or changed, they still put you in a box. <laughs> They will see you through a certain lens. How many times people see you like that? And yet you've grown. You've matured. You've conquered things. People still see you like that. I want to say this to you. Do not waste your time trying to change their opinion. Pass through. Do not waste your time. Pass through. Get to the other side in your journey with the Lord as you mature. The summer passing through deep waters this morning. And I think of Isaiah when he spoke in 40, Isaiah 43. He spoke about the waters and the rivers and the fire. And the water, the river and the fire represent difficulties or afflictions, trials and that we face. In Isaiah 43, God is telling the Jewish 
people that he will be with them in their most troubling times, supporting them, them, giving them the strength to move beyond whatever it is they are facing and delivering them out of danger without arm. Without arm. Eh? So the Lord promises in Isaiah 43 too. You can read that. And I'm sure all of us know that verse very well already. We cannot change until we move on, brothers and sisters, and, we, and move forward. Until we get emotionally unstuck from whatever we are dealing with. We've got to get emotionally unstuck. We're unstuck from that. From yesterday's thinking and loving. Only then can we pursue God's vision for our lives. What is God's vision for your life this morning? As you journey with him, you begin to see the bigger picture. But let's embrace our identity this morning as champions. Be a champion. Be a winner, not a loser in him. But secondly, here this morning, as we embrace our identity as champions, champions are included, not rejected. And now this is, there's been a lot of contention in terms of theology, especially in ter- as far as election and all those things are concerned. I'm not going to really deal with it the way you, the way you think I'm going to do, deal with it. I'm just going to be just as basic and clear. But you will see what we mean by that. Uh, champions are included, not rejected, verse 2. He took the initiative. The Lord took the initiative and chose you. And chose you before the foundation of this world. We have been handpicked. When we speak about God choosing us, we have been handpicked by God before the foundation of this world. Everybody's quiet now. <laughs> they don't know where we're heading here this morning. Eh? That we were chosen does not mean that God chose us because he knew in advance that we would respond to him. He knew that, yes. But rather, he chose us before we had done anything to deserve his salvation. His grace, His faithfulness, His mercy. Before we had done anything, He chose us already. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And then we get to that word there, that word foreknowledge. And there's a lot of things in the theological world. The guys talk a lot about a lot of things here. But foreknowledge means to see before, to know beforehand, to see and know the future. God is God. Therefore, he sees the future. No matter how far a person looks into the future, God already sees it. Already sees it. And he knows. He's known long before the time that you are going to be drawn to his grace. You still have the choice to make, yes. But he has known everything beforehand. And sometimes you say, but if the Lord has known this beforehand, why did this and that happen? Let me put it this way. The Lord also knows why it happened. 
He knows the reasons why it happened. He still knows the reasons why you are, you are still here today. Because he had these purposes that only he knows about. God is God. We cannot question him. We never ever question him because he's seen be beyond what we've ever, we could ever see. Uh, are you still with me? Still wondering whether I'm going to talk about the election? We're not going to talk about those things here. Yeah? We're talking about the, us being chosen before the foundation of the world, whether we deserved it or not. But this is the, uh, the answer here. We have a choice to make. We either choose him and we choose to follow him or we don't. The onus is still on you. You have a choice to make here this morning. Being chosen does not remove the necessity for people to choose to follow him. He chose you because you are. The hidden treasure in this world according to Matthew 13 verse 44. He chose you because you are a pearl of great price, according to Matthew 13, 45 to 46. He chose you because he loved you before time began. Now, we've already mentioned that in Ephesians 1 verse 4. Before any star was burning, any tree was growing, or any stream was flowing, he loved you and carried you in his heart. He gave you a destiny before he created one thing in the universe. You are more important to him than any created thing. He determined to bring you into discovering how much you mean to him and how important you are to him. He chose you so that you would represent him everywhere you go. You were not chosen to live in fear, but in freedom, according to Galatians 5 verse 1. Stand firm, therefore, and do not be, be burdened with the yoke of bondage. It's for freedom that he has set us free. He chose to use you to display his glory daily. Can you see how he chose you? Why he chose you? You are his divine poetry. You can put it in those words. He has chosen you to show the world a unique mess message that only you can present. Your life, your unique gifts, your passion for God bring to the world a poetic expression of God's love. Poetic expression of His grace. Poetic expression of His greatness. Poetic expression of His goodness. Are you that expression this morning? I'll ask you a question. I think it's in your notes as well. How does it feel to be the lyrics of his love on two legs? How does it feel this morning? The lyrics of his love on two legs. God will use you for his glory as you put him first. 
you are included not excluded you are included in the adventure of being a champion for him being a champion in him are you a champion this morning Am I speaking to champions here this morning, or am I speaking to losers here this morning? See, everybody, hey, are you a champion? Hey? But sincerely, a champions obey regardless of the consequences. This is to be there. It's all from verses 2. All these things there, they actually come from verses 2, what we've been dealing with. Uh, verses 2 be here. Champions obey regardless of the consequences. Now it speaks about sanctification, eh? The most important thing to remember about sanctification is that it is a process. It's not an event. It's a process. First Thessalonians 5 verse 23 speaks about it, that it carries on and on and on. Many people say, I have, have to get my act together first, and then I'll come to the Lord. However, that is not how it works, brothers and sisters. We come to the Lord just as we are, and He changes us. Isn't it true? It is a process. It's not an event. <laughs> Obedience demonstrates that I am, I am no longer independent, but completely dependent on Him. Are you totally dependent on Him this morning? The only faith that really saves a person rescues a person, changes a person, is obedient faith that diligently seeks to please Him and Him alone. The one thing God desires is obedience, brothers and sisters. It does not matter what a person may be professing. Some people profess a lot of things and they powerfully profess it. But what matters is, obe uh, is obedience. How obedient is that person? No matter what they are professing, is the person obeying the Lord? And Acts 5 verse 29, we know that verse. I've quoted it before. We must obey God rather than man. Would you obey God even if nobody was watching? Are you obeying? Or should I say, do you obey the Lord even if nobody is watching? God has not called us to question Him. He has called us to obey Him. Did you hear that? When God calls us to do something, we do not have to consider it. We do not have to think about it. We do not have to investigate it. We do not have to do anything about it. We have to do it. When He asks us to do something, we have to do it to say this studied theology I've been through so many things in my life but this, my greatest fear is to disobey the Lord don't know about you and my own to say this I've been disobedient to him many many times when I should have been obedient to him but it's still my greatest fear because I know has consequences if I, if I disobey I'd rather obey the Lord I'm not going to focus on my feelings no matter how I feel my feelings and all of that is not important 
when it comes to obedience to the Lord. I obey Him first. First and foremost. I honor Him first and foremost. We do not have to think about it, brothers and sisters. I want to say this to us. There are no gray areas. No gray areas in thus says the Lord. And the Lord says so there are no gray areas. We cannot justify anything. No gray areas in thus says the Lord. Sometimes when we pray, we immediately discern the will of God. Isn't it true? Other times we must wait, trusting him to show us when and how to move forward. The bottom line is that there is never a time when it is okay to disobey the Lord. It's never a time when it is okay. We should obey him regardless of what we think or how we feel. And 1 Samuel 15, 22a speaks about uh, uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. How refusal our refusal, let me repeat that, to open to his, to be open to his plan can bring misery and regret. It's all there in the text, all those words that we've, you've heard now, sanctification, obedience, it's all there in this Peter speaker. He refers to all of those things right there in those few verses. Eh? Our own, uh, on our own rather, let me rather rephrase it, on our own we do not have significant insight into the future. Isn't that true? Even if we think we do, we don't. All we can do is make choices based on what may or may not take place. Isn't that true? How many times do we make, we make choices like that? This might take place, this, or, or this may, but often it doesn't. When all is said and done, only one person has absolute knowledge, and that is the Lord. And he has promised to provide the guidance we need. Isn't that wonderful? We often worry and fret and fume about an issue that God, that God has already dealt with and has moved on to another point. Sometimes, isn't it true? He's already moved on to another point as far as our lives are concerned. But we're still there. Ons het ons sê, daar by hy punt daar achter, is dit die waar? En hy punt beteken nou niks meer vir die heren nie. Woe, jy ook so praat so wel lekker Afrikaans nou, ne? It means, you know, it just means nothing at that moment. But, I'm still there at that point. And the Lord says, my child, you're still at that point. I'm here, I'm ahead of you. Come, follow where I'm leading you. But if we trust him, we will obey him every time. Being obedient does not mean that we will never face difficult decisions. We will. It means that when we do, we will resolve that he has gone before us and we are committed to being obedient to him. I wish I could say amen to that, but oh, let's do our last point here. And then Peter says there, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Champions are carried by his grace. Isn't that wonderful? Versus, I would say verse 2C, not 2B, but 2C. Champions are carried by his grace. No matter what we have experienced this year, the joyous moments, the sad moments, 
moments of trials and temptations. Just to mention a few, we can be certain that God has been with us through it all. Matthew 28, 20 says, Surely I am with you, even to the end of the age. Isn't it true? God has been with us in every season. But unlike the seasons in our lives, God does not change. He does not change. Hebrews 38, we should know that. Yesterday, today, and forever, He is the same. And God's timing is always perfect. Ecclesiastes 8, verses 5 to 6. I have to read that to you this morning. Ecclesiastes um, 8, verses, verses 5 to 6. Let's just read that. Where it says there. Uh, let's read. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. But then, oh, where am I now? Eight. Where am I now? I mean, I'm busy with a vow. <laughs> but I should actually be busy with the timing of the Lord. Hey, <laughs> let's, let's see uh, what it says there in verse, verse 5. says, whoever obeys his command will come to no harm. How do you see that? You obey him, you will come to no harm. But what I, what I want us to focus on is the, are the next few lines. And the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time, verse 6a, and procedure for every matter. It's a proper time. Do you know God's perfect timing this morning? It's a proper time for any procedure and anything that we've got to do in this life. It is by the grace of God that we are here today and standing. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 speaks about the fact that His grace abounds to us. Eh? God has been good to us. God has been our all in all, brothers and sisters. His grace has carried us and kept us. And by His grace, we will carry on. That is why in Isaiah 46 verse 4, even to your old age and gray hair, the Lord says, I am He. I will carry you. Isaiah 46, 4 tells us that from the day we are born till the day we are old and gray, He will continue to carry us. We can never get to an age where we do not need to be carried by the Lord and by His grace. We can never get to a position in life that we do not need Him to carry us. I pray that this morning you as a champion will allow the grace of the Lord to carry you. And during this next week, allow His grace to carry you and to keep you. Allow His grace to cover you and protect you. Allow His grace to surround you. Embrace His grace this week. Hold on to His grace this week. Be a champion. For King Jesus. Am I speaking to champions here this morning? Amen. Thank you. Lord bless you all. Thank you, Father, for your word this morning. We pray that you will bless us even as we continue the series in the book of First Peter. And Lord, we pray that we will really be champions, spiritual champions, 
champions, not only in, in the spiritual realm, Lord, but also, Lord, right where we find ourselves, that we will be champions for you, more than conquerors in you, victorious in you, triumphantly moving forward to bring honor to your name. Bless us, Lord, and continue with us even further now. In Jesus' name, amen.